This episode of Buffyverse and Converse is brought to you with limited commercial interruptions by Content Club, available patreon.com slash clockshelves. You get early and uninterrupted episodes of Buffyverse and Converse, as well as our sister shows Paul and All, MCU and Me, and so much more, including bonuses that you only get over at Content Club. Check it out, patreon.com slash clockshelves. Welcome to another episode of Buffyverse and Converse. As always, I am Paul Casey, and I am delighted to be joined once again by three of the recurring guests that we have on this show in no particular order. We have returning uh, for the first time in a little bit, Ruth Casey. We have Bill Kava joining us and James Lowe once again. Hello, folks. Hello. Hello. Hi there. So, uh... As we've been talking about sort of on these last few episodes, uh, this has been a little bit of a story arc that we've been going through as opposed to a more sort of episode of the week sort of deal. And uh, of course, we had uh, the return of Ethan Rain in this episode since the uh, since the Halloween discussion but before we get into the entirety of the discussion of the dark age let me start us off with my four fantastic facts i actually had to go and do like a deep dive research into the last one so that one i think it it might not impress anybody else but it was interesting enough to me so we'll get there in just a moment but we have, uh, of course, the obvious number one. We get a little bit of a follow-up from a few episodes ago, uh, including the introduction of a new nickname. I think it's the introduction. I don't believe Ethan used it in the Halloween episode, but we find out that uh, Giles was once called Ripper, um, and Ethan references the line, be seeing you, and much more information on Giles' wild youth. Fantastic fact number two, we find out about Delivery Day, when Buffy and Angel spoil the plans of stealing blood, and the way that Angel says that, it seems to imply that this is a regular occurrence that most, if not all, of the supernatural creatures look forward to. Uh, the line, and the rest is silence, uh, is actually taken from Hamlet, followed by another oft-quoted line in pop culture, good night, sweet prince. Um, also, that line is actually spoken in the Buffy film by her very first watcher, Merrick, and later by Buffy herself at the end of the film. And then the very last fantastic fact is that the music that Buffy aerobicizes, I believe that's how she refers to that, I believe that's what that's called, uh, that she aerobicizes to, from what I found, sounds like a more techno EDM version of a song called 3AM Eternal by The KLF. However, the more interesting thing, in my opinion, is that the guitar riff. I, now, some of this I got from a from a 
a website. Some of it I had to do a little bit of research on my own to be sure that it was this. The guitar riff that's featured in that song and the background of this song, that, that song being 3AM Eternal and then this sort of techno version, the guitar riff is extremely similar to the 39 Lashes section of Trial Before Pilot and the Overture and apparently the opening song Heaven on Their Minds from Jesus Christ Superstar. And that song, Heaven on Their Minds, is actually sung by the character Judas Iscariot, who in the original concept album of the musical was played by a gentleman named Murray Head, who is the older brother of Anthony Stewart Head, who plays Giles. So there we go. Had to do oh. a little bit of research on my own for that one, but yeah. That's pretty cool. Very cool. And of course, the character of Giles refers to it as just noise. So I think that's really funny uh, mm -hmm. in, a, in a sort of roundabout way there. But uh, yes, so today we are discussing uh, the Dark Age. And um, I'm curious, uh, there was a little, de just a teeny tiny little bit of chatter before we actually started. So uh, because of that, because we, we quickly put the kibosh to it so that we could wait and talk on the actual episode proper. I am going to kick it to Bill. I'm curious sort of your yeah. uh, your thoughts on this episode. Well, I was kind of excited when at the uh, cold open there um, with this guy in a suit looking for Giles in the middle of the night. And then the little um, zombie woman that came and offed him. So I was like, this is going to be some episode. But then it seemed to like die for like, 20 minutes i think it just like nothing seemed to happen for that that gap of time and it really was slow um i guess until until buffy met up with uh when what's that other guy's name ethan ethan yep yeah yeah so and uh you know and then it was interesting with giles and his having those uh sweaty dreams you know and uh i guess conjuring up this evil spirit and then you know it got good from there but that was Probably like the last 10 minutes of the episode with the whole demon thing. So, but that that was my take on it. It just seemed like a lot of dead space in between. Okay, interesting. Um, Ruth, I know uh, it's been a little bit, not only since you were on, but since you've seen this episode. So um, obviously the last time you were on, we were talking about Ethan Rain. There's been one or two in between. But uh, I'm curious what you thought coming back uh, for this episode again with the return of of Ethan here in particular. Well, I mean, I I kind of disagree. I mean, well, okay. So in in my opinion, in this episode, there's a lot of a lot more backstory on Giles, which we don't get previously. Um, but I I mean, I I enjoyed it. I like I like the more than just it's a story about Buffy and her friends. It's this one was more about, you know, Giles and, and the things that he went through before he was the watcher, you know? Right. And I think so, we're going to see a lot more to it. Like, well, it. yeah. And I mean, as far as, I mean, I had some questions like in that, in that time period of when the guy came and Giles had to, to go and identify him and everything like, there's there's things that are like i don't know there like there seems to be gaps or or i don't know whether it's a miss in the story or something but there were a couple of things like 
did you notice so did you notice that the the zombie woman had yellow eyes right yeah mm -hmm. which I, I noticed that okay and then the zombie guy had yellow eyes right mm -hmm. when he when he opened his eyes and the thing jenny had green eyes okay like why what was the difference it's very possible just to interject here a little bit it's very possible hers were green because she was a live host and the other two were dead that's what i thought too that's what okay. i was just okay. about to say yeah one. Okay, yeah, because I mean, because it, it just struck me as weird, and to me, because I I I'm a fan of the the show Supernatural, the yellow eyes was one of the specific demons. It was a crossroads demon in Supernatural, so the yellow eyes caught my attention, and then they changed, and I'm like, wait a minute, because <laughs> generally demons don't change their eye color. You know, it's like it is what it is you know in general their eyes are black but you know they had a specific so like i said that that was something that that is like he was been walking around even when john went to see him the bruises on you know like he seemed to have an inordinate i mean she, his whatever that, that whoever that woman was their friend or whatever um she banged him against the wall and choked him but he had a lot more bruises than seemed necessary. I just thought that was maybe zombified skin, like. I guess, yeah. but he he wasn't he wasn't dead that long, right. you know. Like for that, I mean, I understand like when, when the the demon took possession because Jenny had marks on her face, pretty much as soon as she acknowledged the demon right. or whatever. She was, he was morphing into her. I mean, she he was you know taken over totally he was morphing into himself yeah body unlike the other yeah. two that's why his yeah it was the green eyes too but it, it also it also surprised me like so the the woman zombie died right for no reason right why did she have why didn't she just well, oh because oh because his... he said well, they said they said when they were doing uh, Will when Willow was doing her exposition about the the demon, and it was that he, the demon, um, I guess it takes a really hard toll on the body, so it doesn't stay oh, okay. in a in a dead corpse very long. So, so they got to switch it, out. It has to switch out. But my question was, why didn't it immediately move? Like, why did it not immediately reanimate? The dead guy. Mm -hmm. You know why did it wait until after he was already in the in the morgue, right? To come yeah. back, you know what right. I mean? Because and it's not it, it's not even like somebody was around because they had to find his body. You know, mm -hmm. and and it was the next day that 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 they got to Giles, you know, so. Well, had, I mean, like, that, so could that, just, that, seemed... that could just be as simple as if it takes a toll on the body, maybe it takes a little bit to I guess re reanimate, it, you know what I mean? I guess because when it when it took over mm -hmm. Jenny, it took a little bit before she started acting out as the demon. So maybe, yeah. you know, but like I said, it just seemed, you know, like there were it seemed that well, we know that there were at least hours in between. You know, so it it just 
I, I don't know. It was just one. Of, I had little notes, and that was one of my questions: mm -hmm. is why did that not immediately happen? Um, I do have to say, uh, one of the things that I that I like, and that you had kind of brought up a little bit earlier, is the fact that this is a uh, just a jot like a more Giles centric episode, right? And Buffy even kind of says it at the end where um she forgets because and yes okay so we know her mom is in the picture we know that in theory she goes and sees her dad you know on weekends or whatever but we really haven't seen him since season one he's barely been discussed since the beginning of season two um but for the most part giles is the parent of the show right like he's the pa the parental yeah. figure so it's one of those things and i've talked about this people will often ask me you know why do i refer to you ruth my mother as ruth instead of mom or whatever like if we're out somewhere i will call you by your name uh, a lot of times if i'm talking about you i will either say my mother or I will say Ruth. And it's, there's a few reasons for that. One of them is because of what you do for a living. So like you say mom and, you know, multiple, you know, people may turn around or, you know, whatever. But um, for me, it was also a, a weird sort of thing that I feel everybody comes to at different stages of their life. And some people it's, it's never necessarily that same experience, but when you realize that your parents and your aunts and your uncles and your grandparents and all of those, you know, authority figures in your life in that way are just people too. They have a past, they have, you know, they've, they've gone through what you've gone, you know, chances are they've gone through what you've gone through, you know, love, heartbreak. Uh, first day on the job, you know, going through school, all that sort of stuff, like they've done it. And, you know, you don't think of that when you are a kid, when you're even a teenager, necessarily, you think like, oh, that's, you know, I mean, Fresh Prince did a song, parents just don't understand, you know what I mean? Because there's no way that they could know what I'm going through. I'm unique and I'm special and no one else, maybe my friends, but no one else has ever felt these feelings or experienced this or whatever. And again, I'm not going to say everyone, but I'm, I'm going to confidently say most people go through a time in their life when they realize. And for some people, it's when they become parents and they realize like, oh, man. And I mean, I can't speak from from personal experience, but I'm sure all three of you can, where from what I've heard, a lot of times for people, there's that sort of thing of like, oh, apparently my parents didn't know what was going on either. They were just making it up as, as they go along, because that's how you feel a lot of the times is you question, am I doing the right thing? Am I doing the wrong thing? But when you're a kid, your parents seem so confident in everything. And you go to your parents because that, you know, you, you need, you know, you need a question that, you know, we didn't have Google necessarily. So you went and you asked mom or you asked dad or whatever. 
and somehow they they always had an answer for you or whatever and then later on you realize that either it was something that they just happened to know or they made up or whatever but that's what it was it was mom and dad know it aunt and uncle know it grandma grandpa know it and then you know you get a little older and it's like oh wow they're li- they were literally just living their life like i am trying to just make it in this world and i think she has that kind of cool realization maybe not fully but she gets a little bit of that by the end of this episode because this shows us that giles the guy who seemingly has it all together and you know i don't want to say know well, it all but kind of know well, it no, all but at, at one point they said you know giles says you know he was pretty much he he had tweed diapers you know what i mean like he's super straight laced and whatever and the fact that you know he's you know he's the adultest of all of them and you know and and literally one of my next notes was the fact that they were playing anywhere but here and they you know they questioned whether or not giles ever played that and no no because you know he was he always knew what he was doing and you know what i mean like they literally come to that realization through this like they had that conversation at the beginning and like you said, later on, they came to realize that, yeah, maybe, you know, he did have some, you know, questionable uh, choices along the way, and he didn't quite know what he was doing. And that's that's one of the things that I like about this show. Um, and I know we've talked about it with regards to, like, Bill's kids, James's kids, and things like that, where, you know... Um, to me at least it's one of those things maybe not every aspect of the episode and maybe not for you know the ages uh that that your kids currently are but it's one of those things that you know one day it it if you you know if you're so inclined to show the kids you know what i mean like it could be that sort of bonding thing of like you know hey you know i'm just like you sort of deal like yeah i'm yeah, we you know, all, like we i said like we all did things back in at one point or another that were like, yeah, um, personally, I'm glad that there was no um, social media back then. Because yeah, right. you know? <laughs> <laughs> that could be like really bad, you know, um, but yeah, I mean, and the same thing for for like with Giles, like the, the things that he got up to just as he was trying to find his 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 feet and find his place you know like and now you know he he they summoned a demon yeah like when he was when he was in college they literally summoned a demon and now what does he do for a living but he helps save the world from demons maybe i missed it or maybe i'm just looking too much into it but like you were asking like certain questions about um you know what the and did I miss it? Maybe I did. Maybe I'm just uh, just not, you know not remembering it or whatever. Where has this demon been since those college that days? That was my until that now? was one of my questions too. Right. Well, he's you still know, out was... there, right? Even after this episode, he's still out there. No, no, yeah. no. Angel killed him. The angel, angel demon dusted him. Oh, uh, okay. All right. Well, did did you see the puff of dust? Yeah, that was Angel's oh, demon. Okay. Yeah, I, I didn't. Yeah, I didn't catch that. <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah. When they when when I that's 
the transition in Angel at that point from, right. you know, one to the other and back and forth and back and forth and back and forth was remember really that part. cool. Yeah. Yeah. And then I just and thought then he when just he was like, back he, against he the wall and then out. there was, yeah, yeah no, it, it was dust. And okay. yeah. So, but yeah. yeah, I don't know. That was, that was one of my questions too, is where has this been all this time? Yeah. You know, like so, where, I mean, was it running free somewhere? And, and the other, one of my other questions was this all took place over in the UK, right? So where did, or did, I don't think Giles went to university here, right? So then he had these friends, that guy didn't have an English accent that was looking for Giles. Correct. Right? Mm -hmm. oh, I don't think so. No. So, but, but he was here. You know what I mean? So like, well, how yeah, did that thing get I have, from? I have friends over in England. Well, yeah, we, well, I should say Bill and I have friends over in England. They've traveled oh, I understand here, that, but I'm you saying... know what I mean? So, right. Okay. So maybe the, that guy was, right. True? So maybe, yeah. So maybe, but it was like, because they had been, they had been hanging out over there. Like they were living there. Yeah. Because this, this, this wasn't a one and done because they said that they would each take turns being unconscious so that the the demon could do, you know, inhabit them or whatever. So, well, I think, you know, I think I, I may have heard he tried piping in a little bit, but I may have, did I hear James might've had a suggestion to answer that question? So to answer the, uh, to answer this question, um, uh, to answer this question, if we look back at, if we recall back the episode, like as I was trying to like phase in and out of like watching and as I was doing among other things, um, Giles had a list and it had quite a few names on it. And there's there were... no, go ahead. There was, I was gonna say, there's no telling like how long like it took the demons to eat to a catch up to each person as well as like kill each person like consecutively. There like, were I mean, only we... there were. James, there were only five names on that list, and the first one was crossed out because Giles told us that he got killed when they tried to when they tried to do an exorcism, and the next name was the girl, and the name after that was the one that they that was reanimated in this episode, because there was only there were only the five of them. I mean, so so even with being five of them. I mean, there's, they still didn't like say like how fast it didn't got to. I mean, it didn't really appear that the, like, although the demon was traveling around and it was using super non like lethal ways of killing aside from strangulation, uh, in most cases. And it didn't appear to have any other, I mean, it opened the door with force and kind of like pushed Buffy back. It seemed very like limited in power, at least for what it showed. Actually, I wonder, yeah. so that, that actually leads me to, to what kind of what James was saying, though. I wonder if, so the guy that you said, the, the first name crossed out was the one that, that would have been back in like the college days, right? Yeah. Okay. So then the woman at the beginning, Deirdre or whatever her name was. Yeah. What if it was just in her? We know it could be inside someone alive. It did that with, with Jenny. So but what if it was just in her? Because like, no, because it said 
because they said that it um it it basically rebirths itself if it's inside some in inside a living host and that's what happened with that guy and that's why they tried to do the exorcism and they had to they accidentally killed him because it was attempting to rebirth itself and she wasn't dead that long before she came after the next guy on the list so again it was but how long years. but how long does that take because if we're gonna if we're gonna go with because again i i'm and I, maybe it's a bad assumption on my part but it takes a lot of it, it takes the demon egon by the way is the the demon it takes that demon a lot of time to or a lot of energy to keep a zombified body which is why you know whatever and then we said maybe why it took so long was because it takes a lot of energy to basically reanimate that body as you're listening to this you are hearing buffy season two but did you know that over at content club right now we are at least up to buffy season three discussion that is right the season three discussion of buffy the vampire slayer here on buffyverse and converse as well as some bonus episodes that are exclusive to content club which is where you can get these episodes early and uninterrupted as well as episodes of Paul and all, MCU and me, and much more. Check it out right now, patreon.com slash clockshelves. So what if it was and Jenny is relatively young. Fun fact, actually, just not a fantastic fact, but just a fun fact. The actress that plays Jenny Calendar and the actress that plays Cordelia are the same age in real life. Um, but, um, they, uh, what if it was just like a slow process inside of that woman? I, I, I don't know because to like, it seems to me for how quickly it progressed in Jenny and it started to have its own features that quickly. I don't I mean, know that that's a, that's, it would yeah, that's have been point. 20 years. Do you know what I mean? Like, there's no way it could have gone unnoticed for 20 years. I mean, it could have just jumped from body to body and killed indiscriminately, but I don't think it could because I don't think it could go where the mark wasn't. Right. Do you know what I mean? Which because is they why... all had the mark. Yeah, which is why Ethan had to tattoo it onto. Well, Buffy it technically, a later. it technically went inside uh, that teacher, and she didn't have any. Marks, oh yeah, that's true. So it went inside right. Jenny. Okay, that's still, true. Yeah. Yep, yeah, you're it's, right. It can you're live absolutely... without the mark, but it's like the the points that you guys are making are pretty valid. That this ancient demon has been around for twenty years, and you know Giles didn't start having these dreams until recently so even with his friend dying from the exorcist and let's say that jenny girl like i mean he may he may have started having it when she was you know brought into all of this but it it does explain us like how it survived or how like what what triggered it to either like unless unless those people brought it back again maybe without those, maybe, maybe those, those other two... three or ethan himself brought it back yeah, well, no, because Ethan said he was having the dreams too, so maybe it was just trying to get their awareness. Right. Let's you know? go. Let, right. Maybe... Let's take. Let's take the word of Ethan. Right. Because <laughs> well, yeah, but upright, Giles was he's an upright, standing citizen. Right. 
But here's the thing. <laughs> he mentioned the dreams and Giles never did. Do you know what I mean? So that, you know what I mean? Like they're, they're, Giles never mentioned the dreams to anybody, but Ethan mentioned them. Yeah. You know what I mean? So there's that. But maybe those two, the other two were, were messing around and accidentally called him back or whatever. I don't know. But I have I have so many questions about that whole that whole time frame anyway because so they Giles started having these dreams right and he knew what they were because he was seeing theoretically if we're seeing what he saw he saw the mark he heard the screams why wasn't he researching to figure out how to get rid of this thing and when he knew the guy was dead why wasn't he researching. If they, so. not being rude, but if the idiot kids could have figured it out in an in a couple hours, the watcher should have been able to figure it out way sooner than that. And Ethan Reigns should have been able to figure it out as well. I guess my rebuttal for that, uh, I mean, I don't think they went exactly into detail as like who, like who first did the research on this demon to like some of them for like what like the power of him. But I think more so Giles was afraid, and that's why he like panicked. And he even he he a he panicked, and he like kind of went into like more of like a hiding state of like I did this so long ago, and it's coming to haunt me. And I like I it's something that shouldn't have been done. And he was also running like I think this is an episode of Giles of showing he was running from his demons. That although he keeps such a great composure and he's so like steadfast with like you know her training and everything else, and he on the surface shows. He's in quotations like the ideal adult, as we are kind of going over earlier. But this showed that Giles had, you know, skeletons in his closet that he wasn't ready to face. And when they presented themselves to him, he repeated the same, you know, mistake. He ran away from his demons and he didn't think to like, okay, like I've been the lot. Even when he said when he was younger, uh, he ran away from one of the responsibilities of a watcher. Uh, the demon surfaced. They actually told his friend he, you know, they more so kind of like swept under the rug and kind of like ran away and like separated. Then it happened again. So like it's it was very evident that this was an episode where Giles's character was. It's it it lets us know that he was like he runs away from like his problems. Although he's a watcher now, he's a little more responsible. And this particular aspect of his demons, uh, like you know, ironically, he runs away from it or rather ran away from it. So I'm actually going to tag up on that and present a kind of alternate theory to that like and it, like yes so i think james makes a very good point about the about that but i think it was actually kind of the opposite i think it may have been he didn't want to research or he felt he didn't need to research because i think perhaps on some level he felt that he needed to face the consequence of his actions. Not that he needed to run away from, from the skeletons in his closet, but it was more of, you know what? We summoned this thing and now we're paying for it. And so now it's time for me to pay the piper, basically. I wonder if that's what it was, where maybe he didn't need to research because he already knew or he are or he believed there was no way to take this thing down because they tried years ago they barely escaped whatever now if it's been around it's been you know growing stronger and whatever it took out at least 3 
right? Of the five people on his list, one of whom is him. So maybe it was more of a, you know, well, this is my fate because this is our fate collectively, the five that summoned it, because we now have to pay for the consequences of our actions. Well, yeah, I mean, he walks in, he walks in where the the demon is there and has Jenny and pretty much says, take me, you know, like I. Well, I think that's kind just of a chivalrous this... boyfriend thing to do. Well, you know, but I mean, pretty much it was a matter of I did this, you know, so. Yeah. I, I don't know. But like I said, it, it just it, it struck me as weird. The fact that he knew this for how many years, maybe he didn't know it was coming back, but still didn't. When the dream started, he should have at least questioned it. And the fact that um, Ethan knew enough to burn off the tattoo. Why did Giles not ever get rid of the tattoo? I mean, yeah, was I, it like I said, I was think... it a, maybe it was a maybe it was a guilt mark. You know, and it was something to, you know, it was it was a, uh, you know, a scar that he wanted to to look at and remember. But well, know, it could it be it seemed... could be it could be James's thing, too, where maybe he. You know, he wanted to. Just not even think about it, because what are the ways to get rid of a tattoo? You could put acid on it, apparently, like Ethan did. You could obviously get the, you know removal thing you could burn it off or whatever but if you just want to forget about it why would you do any of that when oh. any of that would just leave some sort of like a different scar cause you more pain even though temporary when you could just try to put it out of your mind uh, the one thing i have to say when when buffy says that she had to spend her shoe money to have that tattoo re removed giles should have paid for that because that was his fault that she mm -hmm. got tattooed in the first place. Well, yeah, I'll agree with you on that one. And, and I'll uh, I mean, I definitely agree. Josh is 100% paid for that. Um, and it shouldn't be left up to like Buffy too. But if it was so, so easy, if you just remove the tattoo, then the demon would stop like chasing you. Like this episode had a lot of like holes in it that I don't think whomever directed it actually, like maybe at the time people didn't like look that deep into things. It was more or less like, you know, just like interesting TV at the time, but looking at it now, like, you know, like how is the demon traveling for over 20 some years, you know, mm -hmm. uh, how is it staying from point A to point B, getting all around, et cetera, et cetera, not morphing. Um, message, you know, Giles could have removed it a long time ago. I mean, I, it, it could be false speculation of he wants to atone for his sins and he didn't want to, you know, remove it because of what happened. But then or, why didn't like, Ethan get rid of it? Exactly. Like there's there's so many different like plot holes to this where like if it had Ethan got rid of the mark sooner, like hey, if I just pour acid myself, then he'll only go out the demon will only go out to Giles and then I'll be fine. He didn't even need Buffy. He could have just yeah. removed it. He could have went up to Giles and then like called it a day. Like I think he like I mean I think it was more so, like spiteful that he wanted to like do that to Buffy. But Yeah, I think well, I think he wanted to sacrifice her, you know, because He's he was all about the the demon worship in the last time he was around. So I think it was a matter of, you know, um, getting good with the demon. Maybe you know, give it a good because you know what what better um, what better vessel than the practically invincible Slayer? True. 
proving you my know, point I... of let's not take him at face value because he's an asshole. <laughs> well, yeah. Um. Wait, I got it. I got it. I have one note here that kind of made me laugh. Did anybody else chuckle when the detective's name was Winslow? Yes. <laughs> the fu- to me, the funnier Absolutely. part of that scene, like infinitely funny like i had to pause the episode because i was laughing was cordelia asking to uh if the if the officer could help her out of her ticket because it was it was bogus because it was a one-way street and she was only going one way right oh yeah (laughs) oh and then it was then it was i'm not clueless what clue am i supposed to have kind of thing yeah (laughs) but i did i had to i had to pause it just because i that it's a one-way street and i was only going one way (laughs) <laughs> but the the detective winslow just just had me cracking up and i was like um wait is it just me you know like um yeah okay so if you all were working at the morgue and you're going through and checking off the drawers what would you do if you came across one that was empty oh that's another thing that like i was going to get to um as you probably know i'm a little occupied while doing the podcast but I was going to say, like, why was why wasn't the police like notified that a body is missing from the morgue? Like, that's usually something that's always like disclosed in like other shows. Like, hey, oh, this person ooh. was just killed. Pick me. And like Pick me. Pick me. <laughs> well, yeah, well, you definitely go. But it's like this person was killed. And then like this body. Just, so, like, well, because he stuffed the he stuffed the guy in the in the drawer. They didn't have a chance, right? Yeah. Uh, he came up behind him and stuck him. Put that. the thing over his head and threw him in the drawer. So that's why they didn't know that he was missing because he literally just, you know, stuck the other guy in the drawer. But I I love when they, when they took Giles there and they're like, did you have lunch? No, probably a good idea. Like, (laughs) (laughs) okay, then I don't ever want to have to be in that situation where you have to do that. To, uh, I, I I do actually think that I have a, a decent answer that I can, kind of say without doing you know my apparently signature line from james which is the you'll see sort of deal um we did see i want to say it's twice now at least once though but i want to say it's been twice now where the uh police have been involved with something and principal snyder has talked with them and the question is uh, asked, so what do you want me to blame it on this time or whatever? And he throws out, Principal Snyder throws out the line of uh, PCP and gang related and whatever. And we talked about it uh, on on the podcast, how that may, that may come back. Well, yeah. So yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of the men in black thing, you know, where people will believe they would rather believe something else. Well, that's what I'm know? Yeah, that's that's sort of what I'm saying. And yeah, and, well, they, that, they would that rather believe anything else in the first episode. Yeah. But I think it's the fact that if at least some of the police force and the principal knows that there's something else going on here, they could easily explain away, you know, whatever from the from the morgue or the hospital yeah. or wherever. Um, um okay so one of the, as i'm sitting watching the episode on my handheld computer 
I'm listening to Xander go, who needs computers anyway? We're going to be going back to paper. There's no point in learning anything about computers. Yeah, like, I think that was just him trying to get out of learning. <laughs> well, of course. Of course. But still, you know, it was like, um, yeah, okay. And also, since when could they say whores on television? Twice. <laughs> What's the WB? I was like, wait, what? It's the WB. People weren't paying as much attention. Okay. Okay. Because I was like, wait a minute. I didn't think that that was a word that was allowed to be said back then on TV. Xander said rectal surgery too. So. Yeah. But, <laughs> yeah. But rectal is one thing. But, you know, whores is just like, you know, and not talking about whores diorvas, you know, like the yeah. little snacky things. Um, one thing that I wanted to get to specifically, so, um, there was, I mean, again, there was quite a bit in this episode, but one thing that I wanted to get to specifically, um, and, uh, I know Ruth, you weren't on the discussion for this, but, uh, Bill and James were, so I'm kind of interested to get your takes on this. I believe it was the last episode, uh, it was, uh, the lie to me episode where we talked about. The fact that it, and I even said it was something that I wasn't as big a fan of um, within the mythology or lore or whatever you want to say it of uh, the Buffy verse. The fact that for a vampire, when you die, uh, you, your essence, your soul, whatever that, however they want to describe it, is gone. And they talk about the fact that a demon basically sets up shop in your body has all your memories and your mannerisms and this that and the third and we all kind of i feel I, I i feel like james i know ryan and myself bill i think you chimed in and, and agreed as well but we all were kind of in agreement that we don't necessarily like that concept as opposed to just you are turned into a vampire but they made it clear in the previous episode it's not you, it's a demon, you know, takes over you and whatever. And, you know, I think that that might be a, a storyline way to sort of make sure that Buffy and Giles and anyone else who's on sort of this side of the supernatural fight knows, you know, if if something were to happen to a loved one of theirs, like even in the like the first, you know, two episodes or what have you when uh, Xander and Willow's friend Jesse gets turned uh, into a vampire. And she, even even all the way back then, first two episodes of the series, she has to keep reiterating to them, that's not Jesse anymore. And they have, you know, and, and Xander at one point even says like, come on, Jesse, I know you're still in there and this isn't you or whatever. And he's like, no, this is the new me, the improved me, whatever. And I, I think that they have that, again, as sort of a way to get around the fact that, you know, you would be doing some sort of harm to your loved one. And it's their way of saying definitively, this is not your loved one anymore. May look like them, may sound like them, but it's not. Because but then how do they explain Angel? Because he has a soul. He has a soul. He has an essence. Okay. So then, but the demon is still in there. Yes. That's what makes him an enigma. But in this, I believe it's Willow gets the idea when they're doing all the research because Willow basically takes charge of the of the the group, right? Like it's her. Yes, kick ass Willow. That was yes. awesome. <laughs> uh, and it's her and She's Xander. Like, if you're and not going to listen, just leap. 
they all do uh, some research into how to not only how to get rid of this demon, but how to get rid of it without killing Miss Calendar. Now, of course, Cordelia has says something interesting, which is to get rid of a demon, you just cut off its head. Interesting approach. Maybe that'll come back. You'll see, to use my oft-implied uh, line. Um, but uh, she figures out, we don't see the discussion, but basically they go and get Angel to have the demon jump into him. We then see the special effects sort of thing, which we'll, I'll talk about that in a moment, the special effects thing. That's a whole separate conversation, but I'm the part of the conversation and the question that I'm proposing to uh, James and Bill specifically, obviously Ruth, feel free to answer, um, is the fact that even though we claimed we didn't like it, it does kind of have a payoff here because if, since we've established that there is a demon inside of there, inside of the you know dead or the undead or the living dead or however we want to describe vampires in this series, we get to see sort of the, no pun intended, but the embodiment of that when we see the inner struggle of the demon that has that is inside of Angel and this demon that jumps into Angel. So as much as we didn't like it, and we talked about it in the last episode and it set us up and whatever, we kind of get to see a payoff for it here. I'm interested in your thoughts. But it's kind of like a cheap, it's like a cheap bailout. Um because when you look at the episode, and like I said, there's, again, so many plot holes and inconsistencies throughout this particular episode. But I, did, I, I enjoyed the surface value of it, that we got more into, uh, more of Giles' background. But as we also saw the fact that just pouring acid on the on the tattoo, then you can like get the, in quotations, the scent of the demon off you. Theoretically, if Ethan did that and then Giles did that, the demon would no longer have anyone to essentially hunt, so the demon would leave. So, in my opinion, because I don't necessarily like the fact that when you're a vampire, like you know, there's a demon there, not like a vampire. Um, it would have been better if they would have had like a way for Giles to remove it uh, himself as well. Like maybe uh, like when Giles showed up there, opposed like having Angel do it, but like you know, Buffy like tossed acid on Giles' arm and like it left a scar. Um, and some, something a little bit closer to that potentially seems like it just worked for Ethan. The demon looked at him and just kind of like went on to Buffy. Um, that would have been a little bit better because it's like it doesn't like uh, Angel is like an enigma being like, you know, I have a soul, but like I'm a vampire, but like you're not really yourself. Like that's all like, I, I'm noticing like within the past two episodes, there are like a few like I feel like this episode kind of helped that theoretical plot hole of like vampirism in this show. So like I understand it, but. Uh, kind of like, you know, um, kind of doing what, you know, piggybacking off what Roof did, like, you know, comparing it to like other shows like, and even like we did with the other episode, it is definitely like a weird take for vampirism, like, you know, you're possessed by like a demon and the demon is essentially just still there or like it takes over the host and it's not like the exchange of blood and you becoming a vampire, but like you're still yourself. It's it's weird. Um, I kind of feel like it was a little bit of a cop out. Um my question that I had, uh, and I didn't hear anyone get to this, is why was, um, I forget the woman teacher's name, but why was she so upset at Giles? When, like, he... At the I end? Mean, aside from, yeah, like, why was she so upset at him? Because, well, partly because the demon was in her, so she she kind of knew because... So when when they would allow the demon to come into them, 
they did some terrible things because if you heard her as the demon, she said to him, you cried at every funeral. Which meant they killed people. Okay, so while that demon was in her, she knew what he did. She uh, knew okay. what he had been up to. So I would think that that would make her look at him differently. Well, and not only that, and I definitely agree with that part of it, but she knows him. And even, okay, so even at the beginning, right? And it's I think it's kind of the Buffy, the Buffy aspect of it, right? Because like there's... There, there is a bit of an age difference between them. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but like we see that there's a, you know, a bit of an age difference between them. Right. So she, when she was kind of introduced, it was sort of as just the, the teacher, whatever. And then like, she reveals that she's a techno pagan, you know, like she, you know, they, 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 cause that's how they get rid of the, the demon in the internet sort of deal. And she's sort of on that side of like, knowledgeable like he is but kind of in the dirt like Buffy is to a certain extent whereas Giles is very much like in the books right that's not to say he can't do anything because obviously he trains Buffy and whatnot so he has like some fighting skills and stuff but I think this also sort of shows her that he had a darker side because she in this episode in the beginning which it's pro probably my second uh favorite humorous thing uh in this episode after the cordelia thing uh, is when she's talking to him about the book that he loaned her and it's not until he makes a comment that it was like a book from his father or something when she starts talking about when you dog ear pages and underlining and stuff and then he's like it was a first edition because he gets like freaked out that she's potentially ruined this book and he's like, it was a first edition. And he's like getting himself like worked up without trying to be worked up in front of his girlfriend. And she gives him the book, whatever. And she says something, uh, I believe she basically says, uh, has anyone ever told you that you're a fuddy-duddy? And he says that pretty much they exclusively tell him that. Right. And so the fact that that's kind of how she knows him. She knows him as that. She knows him as, as this like paternal figure for Buffy and Willow and Xander and even Cordelia to a certain extent, you know, and whatever. And she knows him as the, 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 the watcher. She doesn't necessarily know him as Ripper. And she got well, yeah, to and see she's a little more, bit of that this time. She's more, she's more light magic. And he was more, you know, involved in it. Like you said, in the dark blood magic kind of thing. Yeah. You know, and like I said, having that inside of her had to be very enlightening, but off-putting, you know, because again, she, you know, she, she said things to him that only the demon would know. Yeah. So, you know, if her consciousness was there at all, which we presume it was, she knows that stuff now. I mean, she did lean on him going out because that was something that I noticed. Like when they were leaving Ethan's shop, she was clinging to him when they were leaving and she did hug him then. But I think when she took a moment to step back and realize what had happened, 
it is a little scary, you know, to know what he is capable of. Yeah. The Marvel Cinematic Universe is ever-expanding, but with Clock Shelves Entertainment's MCU and Me, we are going through all of the different pockets of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, starting all the way at the very beginning with Iron Man. That's right, we go through the films, we're going through the TV series, we're going through the then-Netflix series, and so much more. We are currently in Phase three of the Marvel Cinematic Universe over at MCU and Me, featuring myself and a plethora of people, some familiar voices, some brand new voices, over at MCU and Me. Check out the Marvel Cinematic Universe Rewatch Podcast from Clock Shelves Entertainment. I have a couple questions talking about plot holes. Of course so, you do. Uh, of course I do. So, so... Buffy and and Willow and Xander and Cordelia are sitting around and they're doing the research, right? So they come to the realization that the demon possibly could have jumped into Jenny, right? Why did they not immediately go to try and find where they were and warn Giles? Wouldn't that have been your first thought if somebody that you cared about was in the presence of a demon? Wouldn't you want to make sure that they were okay? What did they do instead? They just went right into how do we get rid of it, right? Yeah. Right. So... But shouldn't somebody have at least gone to check that I'm not he was saying, okay? I'm not saying you're wrong, but there's, to me, there's, it's it's a twofold sort of answer. One, Giles has dealt with this thing. He may know what he's, you know, he can he can handle himself sort of thing, right? He's dad. He has all the answers. He can handle himself. On but one. also, why did he not know about the goo? And two, to go back to your other point, two, um, why bring me problems? Why not bring me solutions? I, I used to have a boss. James had the same boss that used to say things like that. Why bring me problems? Why not just bring me solutions? So we go and we say, Giles, Giles. There's this thing. And he says, well, okay. And now there's four of them standing there not knowing what to do. As opposed to if they say, Giles, Giles, there's this thing. And here's how we can get rid of it. Again, I don't understand why he didn't, at least somewhere along the line, figure out how to get rid of it just in case it resurfaced. But that's a whole other thing. But again, why did he not know that when it left the, the because they summoned it. So they had to know what it was. So if Willow could find out that it pretty much left its, you know, when it left the body, it became goo, right? Why didn't he know that about day. the goo and pulled Jenny out of the way? Well, again, and I think it goes back to either my theory or James's theory, which is he was either running away from his problems or he felt that he deserved this um interjecting i think at that particular time when everything was going on i don't think that he was fully aware of what well, that's true he was, was pretty on. out of it 
like he was already like dealing with yeah like he was already dealing with his own like oh man like this like my my demons no like you know no pun intended my demons are back to haunt me and you know now that the school uh, this, don't do that even the guys here um, don't do that james <laughs> always intend your puns <laughs> uh it's like you know this Ethan's guys here is at the school like you know what's going to happen and i think at, in that moment he was flustered and then you know, taking taking into consideration you know his girlfriend or i guess you know special friend we can refer to her as <laughs> that um, sounds even like, worse <laughs> <laughs> um she got like she's got knocked out so i don't think he was in the moment of like logical thinking of like you know did the demon get into her i think it was more so he was I think he, at, at that particular time, if we're going to go off just like, you know, show logic, he was taking the win for face value and not actually, like, looking in or doing proper research because Ruth is very much correct. Uh, there's a lot of plot holes, like, you know, with Giles being so knowledgeable in most of these things that they, like, the monsters of the weeks and the various things that come about, it's it's very odd, like, seeing him so... Like the role, like the roles, or it, it's like when Paul, you know, speaks of Paul, and like you know, another podcast of How Many Your Father, you know, where the roles are being reversed, where the kids were doing all the research, and Giles was just the one who was kind of stumbling and bumbling about this episode. It was, I get what they were doing, but I feel like some things could have been done a little bit differently. Um, because when you look at it, it's like you guys summon this demon, so and you guys are practicing dark arts, someone had to know. Like where this demon come from or how to stop it. Like there, if there's like if there's a summon, there's also a way to how to get rid of. Like most people look at like you know both aspects or at least have somewhat of an idea of like how things can be done. So the fact that he was just so just like dumbfounded. I mean, I understand maybe when they were younger, they you know they were stupid and they didn't. They just thought, hey, let's do this. It's fun. Okay, great. But it's been twenty years. You sh- yeah. you would think that with all the research he's done he might have stumbled across it somewhere exactly it's one of those things it's like especially like since this is it's not like i mean it's something that he knew he did so something he should like becoming the watcher and like accepting his fate that he in quotations ran from back then he should have done research on like if my past is to haunt me like how can i counteract it but I guess it's, it's it's again like we're looking at it from more of like a logical like Giles like you know this is your character but like I guess it's to show like and and for them to have that bonding moment of like oh parents are human too and like you know although he seems to have it all together like you know sometimes you don't but I, I feel like they could have done it a few different ways where they could have still potentially got this message passed through but it, there's a there's a lot of inconsistencies this episode that was that was kind of like a, a little bit of a ball drop. But I did I did think it was interesting that we got to see the kids work together and come up with a a working like do the research, do all the things that normally Giles would be the one doing the research or just even just Giles and Willow. And this time we got to see the rest of them be involved in that process. You know, even Cordelia is like, give me a job because I like Giles sort of. And, you know, like, you know, she she it was I think that was her first step to becoming one of the. I don't want to say the gang, but that, you know, like being part of the group as opposed to just grumbling about the fact that she now knows things. 
Uh, with Cordelia, she's kind of been like hovering around and she's been exposed to a lot more like within the second season. Well, um, yeah, I understand that. I'm, I under, but I mean, to have actually been a part of physically doing research, was she doing that before? She wasn't doing research, but she was like, she was, um, what was she like? She was carving out weapons and stuff like that before. So she's, yeah, like, but I'm saying, but like, as far as being like that much of an active part of, a solution because pretty much she's the one who came up with the idea to you know it, i don't know i i it just seemed to me uh, like the fact that that she wanted to be involved to help protect giles as part, part of the you know the the group or whatever i have another question about things that are odd so so ethan gave buffy the tattoo right mm-hmm and when the demons smelled him, she didn't smell him, but she honed in on Buffy, right? Mm-hmm. What was it about? Was it something in the ink? Was it something because she was only going after she wanted to destroy the people who were who had originally summoned it, right? So why? in that situation why was it buffy what did he use his own blood in the in in the tattoo no i think it was what you said earlier because what better than the the host of the slayer no but i mean why did the deem i understand why he tattooed her but why did the demon why did the demon recognize that tattoo by like you know what i'm pretty much some kind of homing yeah some kind of signal yeah so you know what i mean like it just seemed like i don't know whether he used his own blood to tattoo her because that was what it was going after was the the people who originally summoned it or whatever and so it it skipped over him and went to her also because he burned it off by that point i know that but why her because like she, why would I, think, it... I think it's just a symbol in itself. I don't think okay. it, like I wouldn't necessarily say like it was because even if it was his blood, like that, was, like that's still coursing through his veins technically. So it would have still like at least went after him to some degree. I well, think... I thought maybe it was the combination of the tattoo and his blood. I don't know, but that was you know that was a question. No, I think it's yeah. Also... I thought it was just the symbol itself. And also, yeah, and... why did why did Buffy? know he and whatever that she has as the slayer how was she able to get a tattoo in the first place I, you would think that her body wouldn't have you know if i may answer this one i feel like this tat like in quotations tattoo was more so like it was painted on opposed to like how like more modern tattoos are done with like on needle and ink it didn't no because really, like... she had to go have it removed so if it was only painted on she would have been able to have it removed easier he he had a needle when yeah, he I was think doing he it. it, I think he, I he think did it. Prison, he did it the old-fashioned way, style. With the, yeah, primitive with the ink and the and a pin kind of thing. Ah, uh, that's a good question. I mean, it's I didn't even know Buffy in quotations had rapid healing because it, is, it doesn't really display or like acknowledge that she has like these things often. I mean, I get like you can infer because like you know she's a slayer, she fights these people, and she kind of bounces back pretty quickly. Um, okay, then, that's, had, then I'm um, going to use Paul's line and say, wait for it. <laughs> Did we lose Bill somewhere along the line? I'm <laughs> here. I'm sorry. 
He okay. contributed a little. You just keep asking question after question. He can't I'm get sorry. a word in edgewise, man. Now. You're the one that wanted me on this episode. So, <laughs> uh, Roots bringing the goods. <laughs> well, I literally sat down and made notes. Oh, also, okay. did, there it is. So, <laughs> never mind. No, go I, ahead. I was, I what? No, no, I watched two episodes and I watched the previous episode and this one. And it was, uh, this one had nothing to do with that. So, never mind. You sure? I think I'm sure. Following up, like kind of just like just like really briefly, like uh, I think um one thing like just for next week uh this is like off topic of this particular episode, but I've seen like because it's just there that next week's has like a part one and part two. I feel like they should definitely be done like together, opposed to doing we, them separate. We've we've been we've been having we've been having discussions. You don't. I know. I know. I don't think you read everything that goes on in the group chat, but there's been discussions. Uh, I guess I have to go back and like look at that. But I was like, oh, it's like I feel like like part twos like because we did it with like the uh, season one, but I feel like it's better and more of a cohesive discussion. Like we get a pen and pad, like Ruth, and take notes. And oh, trust me, we... I I have I have quite a bit mapped out. Don't you worry, sir. You'll see, as I'm apparently prone to say. But <laughs> but yeah, so like. You know, I mean, I think that's, I think I got all my notes. So believe it or not, this episode is uh, still only, again, from season two. This is actually still the 1997 half of season two. Um, this was originally uh, November 10th, 1997, uh, written by Dean Batali and Rob I never know if it's Des Hotel or Day Hotel. It's D-E-S space H-O-T-E-L. Um, they wrote for season one and season two, and then they were kind of done with the show. And the episode was directed by Bruce Seth Green, of course, as I always say, not to be confused with Seth Green, who actually appears on this show. Not this episode, but yeah. this show. Bruce needs not to produce anymore. He made too many plot holes. He made many <laughs> yeah, but he didn't write it. He only produced it. Yeah, so. I think it was. I think it was definitely uh, something on the on the writers uh, the writers side of that. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, so uh, yes, obviously, when sort of breaking it down, and this is something that I found um, with regards to. Uh, lost with friends all those years ago and i think bill can attest to this i've definitely found it with uh the mcu and me show and i think ruth can attest to this and even uh james you and i kind of talk about this with regards to when we've been doing the the discussions over on paul and all for how i met your father so i think you can attest to this as well when you sit down for something like this and converse as the title says and we start to sort of go in and say well wait a minute this and and more of an analyzing sort of aspect i believe james you said the phrase before on the surface level of oh we're finding out stuff about giles's past and you know what have you it's it's a it's a good episode in my opinion i'm not saying it's a great episode but it's a good episode but once we sit down and we're like okay uh sort of what am i gonna what am i gonna talk about 
you know, oh, I have this podcast coming out. What am I going to talk about? Well, you know, thinking back, this didn't quite make. And we we start to pick things apart. We say what we what we really did like, what we really didn't like, and things like that. And again, that's pretty much sort of the point of of these shows is is this show obviously is supposed this podcast is supposed to be a celebration of this TV series that I love. I know my mother loves it. I think you guys are starting to come around. You at least like it a lot, or at least a little bit, from my understanding, James. And I, do. Um, I do. But, uh, you know, this is, it's supposed to be like a, a celebration of this. But it's one of those things, and, and I know uh, Bill, especially having been on Lost with Friends and, and you know, like myself, traveled. Uh, well, let's see, I've gone hawaii uh and california for lost related stuff he flew over to england i believe at one point for a concert as well right yeah and uh dublin as well too there we go see so like that's mm. how much of a dedication and, and love for lost which i actually love even more than this show but even on that podcast i was easily able to say here are some plot holes here are some things i like here are some things i didn't like but it doesn't take away from the fact that overall I love, like, however you want to describe it, have strong affection for this show. So that is one of the things that I that I really like is that we can still, at least in my opinion, I can still look and say, yes, there were a lot of plot holes. There were a lot of inconsistencies. And even if, as James wanted to say, you know, the one thing was sort of a cop out, maybe it was even done, you know, to sort of the the demon vampire sort of thing was uh sort of done maybe to even set up the thing in this episode i don't think that's the case because they kind of established that very early on in the series but they again they sort of paid it off here where there couldn't be two demons basically occupying the same host in a sense for lack of a better uh phrase um so they they you know did that here and and what have you we may like that we may we may not like that but i still say this is a good episode again not a great episode or what have you because on the surface like we said we get a lot about uh you know giles's backstory we get uh to me one of the more interesting aspects is again ethan gets away which sort of goes with the whole um monster of the week thing that we've sort of talked about on here where some episodes are monster of the week some episodes are mythology this i think was a very good blend of both um we haven't really we didn't really spend a whole lot of time uh this uh, this discussion sort of talking about that but i feel like this was a really good blend of of both right because we got stuff that we can we we got set up uh in the the halloween episode with giles i I don't think it I don't think I even have to say it, but I'm going to say it. We will find out more about, you know, Giles's past in the future. They can't just let it be this one episode and it never gets brought up again. But we did have this sort of one off demon sort of thing. Right. But we even said how the end like Jenny is is, you know, upset with him and, and whatever. So, like, you know, I think it stands to reason that that will be something going forward um we can even just minor character things of which you know could turn into major character things xander and cordelia kind of go at it xander's like sick of her at one point he offered he, he says he's about ready to throw down um as as ruth said earlier uh badass willow 
taking charge and, you know, doing the research, things like that. And again, just the whole, um, all of them sort of learning more about Giles, even just the, like the Cordelia thing where yes, she's been part of the, the group now. Right. And she's, she's been helping, you know, basically manufacture weapons and whatnot. But I feel like this is perhaps the first time that she's actually admitted that she likes any of them other than Buffy. Because she kind of, since since the first episode, she's kind of had that thing with Buffy where, because Buffy comes from L.A. and she's new and she's, you know, she dresses very well and whatever, as opposed to Willow and Xander who who don't dress, you know, as cool as uh, Cordelia would, would think. But she's... Also because she's known them her whole life, so it's like, right. yeah. Right. But this, you know, she, she's, so multiple times she's admitted like, you know, Buffy, I actually, you know, I'm not quoting, but she says, you know, like, I like you, I respect you, like these sorts of things. But this is sort of the first time that she says that about someone else in their group and not just showing, um, you know, attractiveness like she does towards Angel or, or what have you. So she's, you know, continuing to grow closer to this group. So there's definitely things here that even though this is a monster of the week episode we get a lot of not just mythology from the giles side but we get a lot of the character growth like we've been you know slowly seeing over uh, over these episodes um and this is this is by the way not even the end i said uh you know we were we were kind of starting an arc now again um that was a few episodes ago and when I said an arc, I meant an arc of really good episodes right in a row. I understand the episode right before this, the lie to me episode where, uh, where, you know, Buffy's friend from her old school comes and whatnot. We may not necessarily, again, wasn't a great episode. This one, not a great episode, but in my opinion, in comparison to episodes like Inca mummy girl, reptile boy, if I don't say the almost the entirety of season one, I'm sure Bill would would chastise <laughs> me, for, you know. Um, but you know, it's it it may be again some monster of the week sort of things, but we're slowly getting a lot more of these character development things that are leading us into this sort of blend of. It may not be fifty fifty, but there it's it's definitely more balanced of monster of the week versus your uh you know your your mythology your storyline heavy uh, episodes and we will continue that with uh, as james uh, teased us before a a two-part um episode coming up so um i'm again i'm not saying that this is one of the best episodes of the series but i i will go so far as to say that continually i do like this episode because of what it gave us and to tease what it what it will kind of set up with regards to some of those character moments uh, like I like I just spoke about. So I want to know, Bill wasn't so thrilled with this one at the beginning. After we got talking about it, what do you think? I mean, I, I'm always into mythology, so there was definitely some mythology. Um, the plot holes, like I said, that's kind of what dragged it out for me and kind of lost me a couple of times. But I mean, I like I said, the mythology worked for me, uh, especially seeing more Giles, um, his background and this Ethan character. Um, 
So yeah, no, I, I haven't really had a bad episode in season two so far. So I think it helps when we can get together and talk about it too, because there's things that sometimes like you missed where the the demon was gone, right? And so it it helps when when you can, you know, even just bounce theories off from each other, like where do you think it came from? Where do you think it went? And things like that. It helps. Oh, it's Cotton Eye Joe. Exactly. Where did it come from? Where did it go? <laughs> I, I knew you were going to go there. Nice. Um, but, you know, I mean, I, I think that that helps a lot. I think that's one of the good things about, like, these um, these podcasts is the fact that, you know, there is a discussion and, and we, you know, we get to bounce ideas off from each other mm-hmm. and, you know, compare ideas. Yep, I agree. So if we don't have anything else with regards to uh, this episode, The Dark Age, um, I will uh, take a moment and pause here. If anybody has anything, please feel free to say it now. Or forever hold your peace. Okay. Um, So uh, until we discuss uh, the next episode, which is What's My Line? That's your uh, that's your tease. Obviously, we may have already seen the title, but uh, it's what's my line um, until we get together and discuss that episode um, in no particular. You know what? I'll just go in the order that I introduced everyone at the beginning. So Ruth, Bill, James, where can they find you all across the Internet? Well, I'm on Facebook. You can find me by my name, Ruth Casey. Or you can find me uh, just playing crazy face art. Yep, and I'm uh, Bill Cover on Facebook, and I got the bagels and places on Instagram. He's muted, so I'm going to assume that he's working. I'm here. Sorry. Okay. Um, you can find me on Facebook and Instagram, Jamerson Taylor, um, TikTok, Jamerson four nine six. Of course, I am on Twitter and Instagram at JPGRB. You can find more about all of us over at Clock Shelves on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. That's C-L-O-C-K-S-H-E-L-V-E-S. And the plan, not to give too much away, but the plan is there may be a few extra voices. It's been about three, well, myself and about three uh, these last few episodes Um I'm working on a little something, especially because this is a a bigger uh, two-part episode. Working on a little something-something to get us some uh, extra voices for the the next discussion. So uh, we will talk to you all then for What's My Line on Buffyverse and Converse. And we hope you all had a fantastic time. 